Hello, everyone. Hope you are well and healthy and uh, getting through these very strange times. I just got home from America. Well, I got home yesterday um, as of this recording. Um, so I am in day two um, of my um, self-isolation um, as re required by the government here in Australia. So I have to spend 14 days uh, in total at home Um Luckily, stay with my grandparents, so they're helping me out. Um, but I'm staying away from them as well. Um, so yeah, just trying to make it work. Um, so with, uh, I guess, with the you know the rise of the coronavirus and what it's sort of causing, it's having a huge effect on the ninja world. Um, for me, uh, Ninja Warrior in America um, was postponed. Um, so filming was postponed, um, which was uh, very unfortunate. Um, obviously, uh, as much as my trip, I got to do a lot of things, you know, obviously that was the, the whole point. Um, so it was disappointing. Um, but throughout the trip, I definitely enjoyed it. I had some wonderful experiences and a great highlight for me was spending, uh, 24 hours with the man who, uh, I will be talking to in this, um, in this interview. I, um, yeah, we, we, we all... I guess we all have people we look up to. I guess in ninja, I'm sure there's certain ninjas we all look up to. Um, I'm sure there's a few, there's quite a few I can count. Um, this man here, uh, Tyler Yamuchi, is the guy I look up to. Yeah, uh, this man, uh, he's one inch shorter than myself, and his track record is extremely impressive. He ha is a five-time um, competitor on American Ninja Warrior. Uh, he's been to um, Vegas three or four times. Uh, and he is still, to this day, in the 11 years it's recorded, the shortest man or shortest person to ever clear uh, stage one in the national finals. So he is a, a very impressive man who I look to as uh, you know the way of getting through things and you know to see if things are possible so i was very fortunate enough to to stay with him and spend time with him for 24 hours we trained and we were able to get this this interview this is probably one of the best interviews i've recorded I le i've learned a lot um and i think that you listening are going to get so much value as we break down practically the steps um and what it takes being, you know, shorter athletes, but also the steps of what it takes to, when you're getting to the starting platform, how to control your nerves and how to control um, your emotions so that you can stay focused and not let the, you know, the the pressure get to you, but then also not letting the, the size of the course get to you and being able to control and harness all of that so that you can um, deliver the best performance you can, regardless of whether you're really short or, or whether you're really tall. But this is obviously coming from our perspective of being smaller athletes. So I hope you find some tremendous value in this. So I like to keep things cash, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. But I like to, um, I always like to, my focus is really on the way people train, the way okay. ninjas train, the, their philosophies, their mindset, and how they use all those things ultimately to, to destroy on the course. Just so that when people listen to it, they can take something away and, gotcha. and, 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 and implement it. And then I also learn new stuff. And yeah. I also get to, 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 to study the way, you know, there's always something I'd take away. The differences, the subtle differences, the subtle that differences. someone does. Yeah, and training. I've, yeah, and I've noticed the consistency amongst mm. all you, all you guys. I probably should introduce. Sorry, my uh, hello everyone. Uh, I've got Tyler Yamuchi on hello. my on my podcast. Uh, we're sitting here in his house drinking wine. Yeah. So, cheers. There you go. There's a chink. Uh, so, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. Um, uh, as I was saying to you before, we um, I would really like just to talk about you know you your training, you know what you've learned from your various disciplines, how you've used all those things, and how you implement them into ninja into dealing with you know all the pressures and, and, and everything that we go through. So, um, for those that don't know, what is your sporting background? Yeah, so I grew up doing gymnastics. I started when I was three because I had an older brother. 
got into it and continued on and did really well, competed internationally for the United States and collegiately, and then after college I was kind of done. Went to PT school for four years, and then afterwards I was looking for something to fill that athletic void that I feel like I knew I still had. But um, So I kind of jumped into Ninja because mm. it looked fun mm. and challenging, and I figured I could do it mm -hmm. and uh, wanted to test myself. So that's kind of how I started into Ninja. What, what stopped you from going <clears throat> to the Olympics? You know, so I actually had... Uh, gymnast from my gym who went to the Olympics and I knew some Olympians men's gymnastics is not necessarily like the holy grail of like sure gymna you know going to the Olympics is great but yeah. afterwards what do they do they end up coaching gymnastics mm. you don't have to be an Olympian to coach gymnastics right mm. and so I knew I didn't necessarily want to have to coach gymnastics mm. but I enjoy coaching gymnastics mm. so I looked for a profession that I could still be related to the gymnastics community mm -hmm. and give back, mm -hmm. but um, maybe you have more of an outlet for a career. And so that's kind of how I landed on physical therapy. Very smart. Yeah. Very, very, yeah, you're thinking right. ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was good. Interrupt the flow of things. Guys, Costco wine is awesome. So if you, um, <laughs> if you find yourself at Costco, do do pick up their wine. <laughs> um, so okay, so so did you stop gymnastics altogether in that four years while you were studying? Right. Yeah. You didn't know, like you didn't do any type of training or anything. Nothing. So basically, after after college, there's a lot of competition, more than typical for a gymnast. So almost every weekend, when season starts, you're pretty much competing, mm. and it's, it drains you down and it breaks your body down. So after my senior year, four years of doing that, I, mean, I was pretty durable as an athlete, but even like my ankles and just wrists or whatever mm. needed recovering. So mm. I think with that four years of kind of not doing gymnastics, mm. I did like intramural sports for fun, but like, you know, nothing too serious. Yeah. All those things healed up and got better. And so yeah. whenever I started doing ninja, I was like, a hundred percent healthy yeah but also a hundred percent of shape yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you like develop a bit of a gut or anything or you're, uh, you're always like pretty i didn't i never tight. got too yeah. much of a gut but i definitely put some weight on in the face yeah you know okay. stuff like that like got an extra probably four pounds of chubbiness and <laughs> lost some muscles so like i always weighed around 128 in college yeah and then I think the heaviest I got outside of that was like 130. Okay. So I gained only two pounds, but there's a dra drastic difference between 128 pounds of pure muscle mm. and like staying fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 130 that you have not worked out for four years. Yeah. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So um, when I started first started training Ninja, I could only do it once a week mm. because I was literally sore for six days. Wow. Yeah. So when I started off, because I've been doing it for five years now, I could only do it once a week because that's all my body could handle. That's crazy. Yeah. And then after a year of doing that, then, you know, I would interplay some rock climbing because the grip endurance was necessary that a gymnast just doesn't have, mm. you know? Mm. And so I was kind of, you know, focusing on some of those weaknesses that, mm. you know, like, I look at a rock climber, their grip endurance is going to be phenomenal and more than probably needed for ninja, mm. you know, but that's what people that I'm striving to be like, or that's mm. what the courses are kind of maybe changing to or setting towards. Mm. So I need to step up my game to where I'm at least mediocre at everything. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't yeah, yeah. be below mediocre at yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. otherwise that's, that's your weakness. Absolutely. So um, for those for those that don't know, so how how tall are you, Ty? Uh, five one. Five one. Okay. So for me personally, I've always modelled uh, everything off Tyler because he's been the closest resemblance to me as an athlete on the show. Now, when you when you first like, how did you first find yourself introduced to it? Did you just 
did you watch it on telly in your television? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I saw it, you know, younger, probably when I was like 14, Sasuke type yeah, stuff. Japan, like, oh, yeah. that's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how do I get to Japan? Is that even possible? Mm. And then when it kind of came to America, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But never quite. Like, I was in PT school. I was kind of mm. busy doing my other things. So, yeah. like, I wasn't really going to try to go out that road. Yeah. And then once they kind of did the whole, like, Mount Midoriyama, like, everything is in America now. Yeah. Like, well, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. And then this was before Casey had actually done the work wall. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, well, you know what? Paul Hom went to Japan, and he couldn't do the work wall. Yeah. And he's... A gymnastics Olympian who's taller than me, yeah, and you know has a much better shot, yeah, and he couldn't do the wall, so I can't do the wall. Mm. And this was also when people didn't have ninja gyms, people mm. didn't have work walls anywhere, mm. so you couldn't train it. Yeah, and so it's like, well, that's that's you know a shame, but that's kind of cool. Yeah, and then once I saw Casey make it, I was like, all right, I think I could do the wall, you know, mm. because she's shorter than me. I Mm. and um you know if she could do it it's technique and that mm. kind of sparked something i mean like well if i could do the work wall mm. then i could actually start training seriously for this thing mm. you know and then i literally went into the ninja gym i think a couple days or maybe a week later yeah and that's when i literally met dan and brandon mirrors i don't know if you know them the towers of power uh, uh, yes yeah, yeah yeah that was literally my first training day it was with them and then nate i who owned and ran chicago ninja academy okay. cna um and i made it up i think on my 10th try I and mean, grabbed it mm. so i was like one out of every six or eight i could do the work wall wow so i'm like all right this is not consistent yet but yeah, yeah, it yeah. is possible yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then that's kind of when the bug started driving me and doing wow. that type of stuff yeah so how long was it until you like had you applied for the show at that point no. Or, no? so the the first year i applied was going to be that year that was that year so i had about a year of training before i competed my first year okay yeah and how so you got the call how are you feeling about how what was it like so i mean i was super excited i feel like i had a good shot mainly because i knew a bunch of the ninjas that were already pretty big mm-hmm. and so you know just having that kind of in mm. and then having them kind of vouch for you that mm-hmm. type of thing was definitely helpful yeah having a different demographic being asian having a family two mm. girls um you know it's definitely helped me get on the show yeah yeah but my first year i was in uh, a different region i had a, I had to push me back from kansas city to be in Orlando because that's when my second daughter was being born was around oh, that time okay. wow. so um, I literally left my wife after she gave birth a month after oh, so she was there with two kids oh, in Orlando and I went out on the second <laughs> obstacle the oh. rolling log which was like once again the rolling log shorter arms yeah uh, you can't lock your feet because you have shorter legs yeah and um, it was just it's a it's a toss-up it's a coin flip obstacle it's not a skill obstacle it's mm. hardly even a grip obstacle mm. but uh the fact that i had that went out it was extremely devastating yeah um, that was the first that was the first season. that was my first year yeah, wow. and i was like wow like, i thought i was good and i fell on the second obstacle <laughs> <laughs> but i tested the next day yeah and like i crushed yeah um i went the furthest out of any tester wow and one of the guys was like testing i was like hey you on the sh- like? Did you apply for the show? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I fell on the rolling log. And the guy's like, oh man, I hate that thing. Yeah. You know what? Make sure you make another good video for next year. I'm gonna make sure you get in. So yeah. I'm like, you know, so yeah. like testing definitely helped me get more experience on the obstacles, but yeah. also just showing production that hey, you know, I am pretty good at this. Yeah. I think I could do well. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, from then on, I ended up doing really well. Yeah. 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 Okay. Amazing. So. You know, you, you said you've done the last five years. What was the, what happened in the second year? Did you, did you hit a buzzer? Second year I did. They didn't show it because I qualifying night I hit a buzzer. Yeah. And then on finals night, it was the first time they did. I think it was more. No, they brought back the hourglass drop. 
Okay. And I ended up doing the tramp, hitting, grabbing it. Yeah. And then as I grabbed the second one, I did not... It was like an unstable bridge, right? Yeah. A spinny guy, except it was kind of curved. Yeah. And that curve made it so that it was an uneven unstable bridge. Okay. So like as I pulled evenly with my hands one torque was higher than the other so i literally ripped it out of my hand oh wow and so what it was it kind of caught me off guard like you needed to load one side harder and one side less because the the axis was not in the middle it was on one side and you know i didn't know that at the time yeah yeah, but um because i wasn't really pumped or tired and i felt like i was going to grab it perfect but as i pulled down i really i literally just yanked it out of my own hand was that before the wall no, that was after the wall. Exactly. So I did the wall. So I okay. did the wall. You did the wall, salmon I did, ladder. I did the wall, salmon ladder. Yeah. And then um, I got like 13th out of the 15th. So I made it to Vegas that year. Yeah, okay. And then... What was um, that like? First year of Vegas. Super worried about stage one. Um, all the like the step stuff in the beginning is not my, my forte. Yeah. Didn't fall, which was good. Got to the warp wall. Yeah. In Vegas, shorter run up. And I mm. think at that time, I knew that it was going to be hard for me. Yeah. Uh, especially training with the Towers of Power. Like, they run up the warp wall like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, Like, it's yeah. not an obstacle for them. For yeah. me, like, the shorter run-up after doing four, three or four obstacles that were all legs. Yeah. Um, was really tough. Mm. And so when I got to Vegas, I ended up timing out at the warp wall. Mm-hmm. Just from exhaustion and then leg, legs being tired, not powerful enough. Yeah. But then again, at that point in time, I'd only been training for two years, mm-hmm. and mostly upper body stuff. I wasn't training the legs a lot. Mm. And so the second year, or the next year after that, my third year, I ended up training it a bunch more, and that yep. was the first year that I cleared stage one. And so as of right now, I'm still the shortest person to clear stage one. Wow. Yeah. And so I, was, I came back and ended up beating it. But that was after, you know, you always have to, after Ninja, you go back to the drawing board. Oh, man. Try to figure it out. <laughs> so, yeah, like that's, and, you know, I think, you know, also being shorter, you know, I often, not complain, but I joke about, you know, literally how tough it is to hold on to a fat chuck or how, how hard it is to, to, to reach for something that could be so simple. People go, ah, no, you, you know, you, you, yeah, it's like, no, no, you don't understand. Like, <laughs> you really don't understand. It's like, this is a struggle and yeah so to see that especially when i saw that you cleared stage one I think, was it season nine yes season nine wasn't it yeah you made it to stage two i was like oh my god that might have been eight actually was it eight might have been eight eight or nine yeah no 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 it might be nine was it nine yeah yeah it was nine it was nine yeah um you know you know yeah but you're right i don't think anyone else as yeah, short as you uh, has has completed it. So, you know, uh, do you, do you think that at our height we can actually finish at least get to Mount Midoriyama? Do you think it's possible? I think so. I mean, let's put it this way: depending on what they do on stage two, at least my height, I'm more made for stage three than the other one. Mm-hmm. So I can do better, and then on the stage three, than maybe more people could do better on stage one or two. Okay, you know that's kind of where I'm stronger at. Yeah. Uh, part of the issue too, though, is when it comes down to training, there's not a lot of times you train that hard back to back to back. Mm. So I could do stage three fresh. Yeah. But can you do stage three after doing stage one and stage two? Mm. And that comes down to training, endurance, and everything of, of that nature which is tough mm. and unless you've been there and done it yeah you you don't really know where you need to be at yeah yeah so yeah. it's either experience with practicing with other ninjas that yeah. have been there yeah or failing going back to drawing board and realizing i need to be stronger or i need to recover faster yeah okay because that one year uh season 10 when i failed stage one on the double dipper i tested stage two and Mm. flip and i were the only two people to clear stage two Mm. and um you know afterwards actually my grip was great the year before that when i did stage two with the wing nuts Mm. 
I missed the first big lache. Yeah. But then afterwards, like, you know, I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. Like, I was a little off. Yeah. But then afterwards, like, to be truthful to myself, mm. my my grip, my tendons mm. were so, um, like, strained. Mm. I couldn't, I, there's no way I would have been able to hold on to a cliffhanger. Yeah, like if, okay. Like, I, I would just push my fingertips down into my hand. Yeah. And I would feel it cramping up. Wow. Like, that's not even hanging. So I knew that year, season nine, that I needed to increase my impact and dynamic stuff. Yeah. So that my recovery, I would be able to do stage three. So yeah, I could okay. do stage three fresh. Yeah. Or do well on it. Yeah. But after doing stage two, yeah. um, that big dynamic stuff, yeah. it totally zapped my whole grip. So then, so the next year when I trained, I did stage two. I cleared it. Only yeah. Flip and I did it in testing. Yeah, I was fresh for stage three, and so that was all. It was like cool because like wow, I learned and I know how to train. I know what to do. Yeah, but it sucked because I was testing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it doesn't count. Yeah. But I but I was ready for that year. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, it's a shame. Yeah, and so. then and then obviously last year. Uh, Went out in qualifiers. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I got probably just as much airtime that year than I did any other years because they showed everything beforehand. Sometimes they just cut me up. Yeah. You know? So it's probably, I got the same amount of airtime. I only did one episode. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, but (laughs) it's a little embarrassing. Yeah. But it's nice, like, they that they would even show me. I was figured, ah, they're not even going to show my run. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, I just, I guess it just goes to show you how hard it can be to remain consistent yes. and stay at the top. So it just, you know, when, when people like Joe and all of them are just, just consistently making it to stage two or three or, I mean, I think Joe's the, I think Joe and Drew, are, I'm, I don't And know, Daniel. Daniel's yeah, Daniel. consistent. Oh, very consistent. I don't know who's made it to stage three the most amount of times, though. Mm. That's the only thing. It's Drew has made it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I feel like it's between Drew, uh, Drew, say Drew yeah, and Joe, Joe at the same time. Yeah, no. uh, it's one of the two. Probably more Drew, I'm guessing. But it, I'm not too sure. You know, I think Joe might have made it more. Mm. Actually, he made it five out of seven. That's yeah. right. He's made it, he's been I, or his percentage might percentage. be better. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone else can even touch his percentage, to tell mm. you the truth. Because, mm. like, almost every year he's on stage three. Yeah. Almost. That's, that's insane. You're right. So, you know, us being you know, shorter athletes, what do you think do, What do you think is important for, I mean, obviously, because, you know, there's a lot of women who are not particularly tall. So I think, you know, Jessie Graff isn't particularly tall either, even though she, she probably has good reach and stuff for her height. What do you think is important to train? as a smaller competitor or to, or to have if you're a smaller competitor you probably have to get comfortable getting out of your comfort zone mm. you know like so for me it was great training with someone who mm. was six six mm. because you know why when i set up a course i probably set up closer to my height and mm. my reach mm. or my strengths mm. when someone who's six six they don't even think about Oh, you couldn't even reach that obstacle, mm. or you know, like like sometimes starting the obstacle for them is just standing and going. Yeah. Sometimes for a shorter competitor, you have to jump to it. Yeah. But you know what? You have to do that on the show. Mm. You know, so like training with people who are taller than you is going to be extremely helpful because you want them to just set it up for what they they're used to for them, and then you adapt to it. Because yeah. you don't know what the show's going to throw at you. Yeah. But I think that was a huge advantage. Because, like, I remember training with them. And we were like, oh, man, I would never have set it up like that. Or I yeah. didn't. Like, they didn't even realize that that made it an obstacle for me. Yeah. And I wouldn't have either until they did it. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah, they didn't yeah. even mean to make that an obstacle. Yeah. But now you kind of realize, yeah, because I'm shorter, I need to approach it like this. Or I need to do it like that. Interesting. So I think that was a huge key. Uh, because you never know what's going to be on the show, but to tell you the truth, it's going to be on average for someone who's probably about five six, five yeah. seven. Yeah. So I mean, you look at Joe and them; they're like five ten or taller. Mm. So that everything on the show for them is a little bit easier, mm. right? Like they don't have to go quite as far. Mm. You know, for us, if you're shorter, you have to do everything more, mm. and that's fine. Just be ready for it. Yeah. Add it in your training. And usually that type of stuff is more uncomfortable 
for people because it's different or maybe harder they're not sure they can do it mm. but you have to kind of push yourself towards that do you um throughout your years have you have, have there been doubts like have there been you know when you've seen the course have you gone i don't think i can do this you know there have been courses that i've seen in ninja whether i had to run it or not mm. and i would say to myself i wouldn't want to do that obstacle mm. But it wouldn't be like, I cannot do this obstacle, okay. right? Because that means you're not going to try it. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's always a chance you can make it. But depending on the obstacle, there is a higher chance a shorter person might fall on it versus maybe a taller person. T typically when it comes to balance and striding, mm. you know, there are a few balance obstacles that I'm like, I hope I do not get that. Yeah, Tuning yeah, yeah. forks being one of them. Yeah. But, um... Anything that's long striding and mm. not a lot of wiggle room. Mm. You know? Like, mm. if you're not on, then you can't recover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. keep moving, you have to keep striding. Yeah, yeah. For a taller person, they can make up for that. Mm. Shorter person, if I'm already jumping kind of as hard as I can. Yeah. Then... Yeah. Interesting. How, how what is your show when you when you're going through courses with it i mean i don't think you do many comps though so you just sort of prepare yourself for the do you do, you do many local comps? i did when i was when i first started off i did yeah okay but as as ninja got bigger yeah i didn't do as many because a lot of the comps didn't get me ready for the show yeah okay. you know especially around in the states wherever you go yeah they're not making a course hard enough mm. because the average person won't be able to do it. So that's yeah. not good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then, like, nowadays, it's more of a speed course. Yeah. Right? It's not that can you complete, it's how quickly can you. Yeah, And, like, yeah, for yeah. me, that wasn't, like, why I got into Ninja. Yeah, okay. I didn't get a Ninja to race. And so, um, but I, I love, I probably like training. Okay. You know, I like training. I, I don't mind competing, too. Yeah. But it's just, it's just another barrier. Like, if I could just go in my backyard or... Just yeah. some local comp around here, sure, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. if I have to go to Connecticut, if I have to yeah. go to Florida, yeah. I'm not going to make the trip. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I enjoy training. I love pushing myself when I'm training and doing mm. stuff like that. I like hard things. Yeah. And uh, that, that's kind of what, what made me fall in love with Ninja. Was yeah. It looked hard, but I knew I could do it if I tra trained it. Yeah. So when you do see a course, whether it be the show or a comp, how what goes through your mind when you're looking at the obstacles and and trying to work out how you're going to do them what's, so what's your process i'll probably tell you more on um the show yeah i guess because i don't really do many i haven't done local comps in such a lot like since five years yeah wow you okay. know so like I, my first year or two i did a decent amount and then i kind of faded away because it wasn't helping me progress as much yeah um but for the show, number one thing, I mean, from doing gymnastics, I've learned how to channel my nerves okay. into positive yep. and to kind of have it pump me up mm -hmm. rather than deer in the headlights. So if that's something that someone does not have, mm. it's key for them to start honing that skill in because mm. it is a skill. You know, I think Ethan might be one of the best to do that because he was already good at it. Mm. But as he did more and more and more comps, he became yeah. more confident where he's starting to framework a game plan on every obstacle. Yeah. You know, because when you're on the show, everything needs to be fluid. You yeah. want a game plan. Yeah. But I remember Jamie Ron said one year, you know, you have to have like, you know, your A and then your backup plan B, and yeah. backup plan C, yeah. backup plan D. Yeah. But you're not thinking of all those as you're doing it. Yeah, when yeah. you're on the obstacle, if you had already thought about it, then that can give you that little spark or um, knowledge of, oh, yeah, yeah, no, let me switch to this. Yeah. Okay. You know, if this is not working. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you definitely want to have an idea of how to attack the course. Mm. Uh, typically, on the show, everything is straightforward, mm. you know. They, they, they don't have any things that they're trying to hide from you to make it easier mm. necessarily so you know you just want to attack the obstacle yeah um, and by attacking it, it means you know being not a 
too aggressive, but mm. working through it with a good pace, mm. you know, at least for me, because like I'm really strong, I could pull through stuff. Yeah. And if I'm on the obstacle for a long period of time, that's mm. actually a detriment to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so having the game plan for every obstacle. Yeah, okay. And then uh, in between obstacles, always reassessing what the next obstacle is. Okay. I, I like doing that. Like, I, I'd say Jake Murray is good at just flowing through everything. Yeah. There has been times that it has not worked out. Yes. But for the most part, he's very good at it. If yeah, you ever watch yeah. his stage one, it's yeah. just... Just go, just go, keeps go, go. Moving. Yeah. You know, it's very fluid. Yeah. And he's not even rushing. It's yeah. just he just keeps moving. Yeah. But I think if you're new to the show or new to an obstacle, take your time to look at it. Yeah. Like, like even just kind of gauge, all right, that's a salmon ladder. I'm going to go up one, two, three, four. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You already know that. You yeah, knew yeah. that before getting there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're standing in front of it now. Different perspective. Versus yeah. being on the sideline. Versus yeah. watching it on TV. Yeah. It's right in front of you. Yeah. Take it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And that, that's part of kind of even enjoying it. Mm. You know, enjoy your run. Because if, you, if you're successful on an obstacle, that means you get to continue on. Mm. And it's pretty cool, pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, don't don't forget to we kind of talked about earlier but to have mm. fun with it because that's mainly why you're doing it mm. you know mm. like it's a an adult playground that yeah. they film you with yeah. nice cameras <laughs> and make you look like an all-star like, <laughs> so cool right Absolutely. You, even if there weren't cameras mm. and there weren't crazy lights i would still like running the course mm. you know what i'm saying yeah, 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 like, like it's, it's not it's not that that that, that gets me excited mm. but it makes it even more exciting like yeah even a little bit more pressure yeah. yeah now you talked before about channeling the nerves what is it what is what is like a, what is the practical thing that that you would do when 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 faced with I so guess, like yeah. um I don't know if some people who get nerves, they try to, like, brush them off. Yeah. Um, I definitely focus on, like, breathing Okay. a lot. Yep. You know, I mean, I don't meditate. I don't pray or anything like that. But mm. taking some deep breaths and then kind of clearing your mind yep. while in the background still keeping the, the course generally there. You know, okay. so you're not trying to forget everything, but you're not breathing, thinking about every little step you're going to take anymore okay. when you're about to go up. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because yes, you've yes, already yes. done that. Yes, yes. So, like, when you get up there, or right before you take your steps up, mm. I just focus on breathing, calming my heart rate, mm. doing some positive talk if mm. you want. Like, you know, I got this. This is why I'm here. Yeah. I trained for this. Yeah. Things of that nature. And then as you get up, you know, then letting it all go. Mm. And then, because if you've trained for the show and if you've trained movement a lot, mm. you have to actually, at some point, rely on what your body's naturally going to do. Mm. You know, you, so you don't want to tie it down to mm. a, a robotic movement. Yeah. You don't want to overthink something yeah. that could be relatively straightforward. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. something. So when I'm get up and I'm actually there and I'm waiting and I'm standing, mm. I'm really not thinking about too much. My mind is clear. Yes, you know, I've already done all the thinking beforehand. It's it's a it's an interesting feeling. It's kind of hard to describe. Like I don't know. It's like I think I've heard Jake Murray talk about it on a podcast with Matt Nakba. Like everything just sort of just goes black or not tunnel vision you just get tunnel, this, this, yeah. this vision where you just well, see the course exactly. or you just see the, that obstacle right noise goes yes. everything goes the crowd doesn't matter it's just, it's just until you get off that obstacle yeah. you probably don't even know the crowd's there to tell you the truth and that's what happened for me season one was I compl well because I actually noticed that for me the first obstacle was wet still mm. they didn't dry it down so I just when I saw that and I heard the buzzer counting down, I was just solely focused on not slipping on each step, and that just blocked out the crowd. I forgot I had friends there, mm -hmm. and it's just it's it's interesting. It took me maybe two years to work out how to tap into that all yeah. the time, but it's it, it's hard for me to to I guess explain how to consistently tap into that. 
How would you? You know, I, I think it, I think it comes down to uh, having a routine, mm. but also like right before you start. For me, at least, because in gymnastics, mm. you stand there by yourself and you wait, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you could be waiting and you think that the judge is ready, yeah. But they're they spend five more minutes trying to uh, figure out the other guy's score. Mm. So you could think that you you know you're ready to go typical time mm. they're still head down and you're ready to go and you're mm. just standing there some people just keep standing there yeah versus stepping taking a step back walking away shaking yeah, your sh- arms around yeah and then not g- getting out of the zone yeah but not getting out of the zone well getting out of the zone yeah then stepping back up getting back in the zone yeah and then see if that they're ready if they're not ready I'm gonna stay in my you know yeah like sometimes. Uh, like you have to be able to come in and out of it, I think. Yeah. To, okay. to have control. Yeah. You know, because on the show, you could be standing up there, and then they're like, "Oh crap!" You know, we have to wipe this down, or this obstacle's not working. Yeah. You could stand there, quote unquote, ready for ten minutes. Yeah. That's not being. You can't be ready for ten minutes. Yeah. You're yeah, gonna yeah, be exhausted. Exactly. Yeah. So then you have to take a step back, like you know, like yeah, relax. You, you yeah. have to be able to to turn it on and turn it off. Mm. turn it on and turn it off and that comes with practice mm. but when it's ready to go and like you hear the beep or they're counting you down or they let you know mm. you take your food deep breaths yes. you look at that obstacle yes. and you do the first obstacle Exactly. you don't have to worry about the second obstacle exactly. you're not worried about the third obstacle you just do the first obstacle exactly. and usually once you kind of it's almost like boxing once you yeah. get punched in the face once yeah you kind of relax and you get back into you're like back, yeah, you're, yeah. you're fine right yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. that first punch you're not sure about yeah same thing as you did that first obstacle okay good yeah let's do this now or maybe yeah. it takes you the second obstacle whatever yeah. it is but as you do more and more obstacles it mm. you just things start releasing off of your shoulders yeah and you naturally go back into your movement yes interesting yeah, that's good. I don't think I've actually broken down this this part of so competing. Much, yeah. yeah, which is good. I think I think people listening will yeah. find that quite valuable. Right. So really, what it comes down to, and I think I think I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's first you need to have a game plan because you need to actually right. Probably regardless of who you are, you know, Drew. Dred- I mean, Drew, he's a perfect example. He breaks down. Yeah. Joe, they break down everything. Yes. So, um, you know, I'm sure even Jake Murray. To some extent, has to break down. Oh yeah, for him, absolutely. So that, so that he can, he can go into autopilot. And, and all and all of that is way before. Mm. There's a lot of preparation. Mm. There's a lot of mental imagery. Exactly. You yeah. know, um, in gymnastics, I'm huge. You know, there's been research done that if you even mentally think of, let's say, a pretend a routine in gymnastics. Yeah. Your body is sending those exact muscles used to fire for each trick yeah yeah so so you're basically training without physically having to do it yeah yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. you can do that a lot mm. you know the the the, ment- the power of the mental imagery and focus is something that elite athletes can do and mm. they take very seriously very absolutely know? and others that think it's only physical are missing out on a huge aspect of mm. their game mm. you know because you can only train so much absolutely you know you, you can think right well let's put it this way too there there could be a the bouldering hours. problem there could be an obstacle that no one has done mm. and in your mind what happens well it's not possible it's not yeah. possible it's not yeah. possible yeah when one person makes it yeah what happens everyone other believes. people start making it right yeah. because you just saw someone else do it you know that it's possible and you can do it. Yeah. It's very different. And that kind of comes back to that positive self-talk mm. when you're waiting there. Because mm. when you're nervous and you're standing there, give yourself positive self-talk. Like, mm. I've got this. I've done the training. Because mm. you have. You've done the training. Mm. You've got this. Right? Mm. This, does not, this run does not define me. Absolutely. Right? Mm. Because when, when we're in the moment, we can we can let all that weigh on us too much. But it doesn't matter. Like, oh, my family's here. It doesn't matter. They're here because they're, they're here cause they love you. Mm. They're not here because they want you because you're going to do well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're not an embarrassment to your family if you fall on the first obstacle. Yeah. They're still going to love you and you're still going to go home with them. Right? Yeah. So yeah. they just want to see you do well. They want to see what you've put in. 
and mm. give it your all, right? Mm. That's why they're there. So forget about these negative things that could, you know, put pressure on you. Mm. You're, you have to do it for yourself. Absolutely. Which I, most of us are doing that, you know? 100%. <laughs> That's, amen. So we've gone from analyzing the course. You have to come up with a game plan. You need to know what you're going to do on each obstacle, and then you have the backup plan, then you have the, yeah. the, the backup backup plan. So then from what I have experienced, that then gives you a boost of confidence because you think, okay, all right, I've, I've, I've actually have some strategy. And then from there, you continue to manifest that positive reinforcement mm-hmm. of, okay, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've, I've got it, I've got it. I'll got tell it. you this, probably one of Joe's greatest assets mm. is how confident he is oh, on the course. So confident. And that could have very little to do with how much he's trained even though now he's trained a lot mm. when he first started he'd had zero training at yeah. one point in time right yeah or very minimal yeah less than a year yeah but you know his self-value and his outlook on himself is very mm. high mm. and that manifests in how successful he's been in ninja well first that year. alone first year manager stage three his rookie year Incredible. He's one of two people to do that, and I think the the only other guy to do that was last season. I don't remember his name, but he was a uh, you know he's in one of those. Was the, it the kid? No. No, it wasn't the kid. No, no, no. It was um, he was a nineteen-year-old. Thank you, Tyler. He was a nineteen-year-old. He um, he was one of those twenty-one that made it to stage three, and he actually I think technically made it further than Joe in regards to um, for a first timer. But again, he's one of one of two so that that self-esteem and you know self-confidence and belief yeah. is critical so if you're using then i guess what you've what you've what you've studied and stuff and you help, help build that and then it's a matter of then controlling your breathing because i have found that when you start to get too excited yeah you then get it's tired the, oh yeah you get yeah. very tired yeah mm-hmm. um you get the adrenaline dump. Exactly. You get you get too hyped up, and that's the other thing with ninja too. Well, mm. especially when it's shot at night, but maybe even during the day or any time. All right, you're ten away yeah. in your head. You're like, oh my god, I'm gonna be going. Like yeah, you get yeah. all pumped up. You're, you know. Yeah, yeah. An hour and a half later, you're up. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just yeah. had adrenaline for yeah. an hour and a half, and yeah. now you have to run the course. And now you're you exhausted. have to learn how mm. to control even them saying, "Hey, you're," or you know start warming up yeah but then you, you still don't know when you could be running exactly. you could you could run in 20 minutes mm. you could run in an hour and a half it's crazy how how, how can you make sure that you're ready mm. and it's tough and but but by knowing that all right i'm gonna wait until i'm at least three away four yeah. away yeah i'll start getting my body physically warmed up yeah that so that you're ready at any time yeah but then, even mentally and adrenaline-wise, yeah, you need to save that. Yeah, and then make sure you bring a chair so you're not standing on concrete all the time. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's draining. Yeah, I mean, how I many times that. do we stand eight hours on concrete and then compete at the highest level? Yeah, <laughs> that in we the, want to in the middle of the no, night. No, <laughs> doesn't that happen? No, they, they don't do that to athletes. No. no, 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 no. <laughs> So it, it's, it's very difficult, but if you know that's if that if you know that's how it is, yeah, that's an experience. It's mm. that extra X factor. Have you experienced that sort of like panic before, or have you always just been good at controlling it from previous? Yeah, you know, I think with gymnastics, I, I've been yeah. able. Uh, sorry, the recording uh, stopped here. Um, basically, um, we were just about to go into. Um, what happens when people panic at the start line or when they get overwhelmed with emotion um, preparing to run the course? Could be on the show, could be a local comp, could be, you know, any sort of situation. And Tyler was just about to explain how gymnastics um, helped him. Um, we resumed recording once I realized the recording stopped and we sort of backtracked. So he'll he'll explain um, how gymnastics has helped him with managing um his his uh nerves not that he had nerves but you know just managing you know any sort of emotions he might be feeling before competing okay we um we had a little bit of technical difficulties we're not quite sure where we got up to but i think the general breakdown what we were talking about was if you uh are getting ready 
um, to run. It could be local, could be the show, um, but we're just talking about the, the, the steps and stages to getting to the point of, I guess, flow and feeling confident and then executing. Regardless, really, if you're shorter or taller, it doesn't really matter. It's all, it's all it's the same strategy. So what we covered before was we talked about, first, you need to analyze the course. So first, you need to analyze the course. And then what you need to do is then you need to then reinforce um, that with, with positive affirmations uh, and in, you know, trying to increase your confidence. And then we got into the topic of you know, when you're having a, an adrenaline rush or you know, panic. So... Um, yeah, so, so basically, um, so you feel that from gymnastics has taught you a lot about how to control. Yes, an extreme amount because gymnastics and injury warrior are very similar. It's me versus an obstacle yeah. or an event. Yeah. There's no one else there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, the, the, um, you know, my parents are there. There's a crowd of people. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They don't, they're not going to determine whether or not I do well or not. Mm -hmm. it, de it depends on my training and my routines. Mm -hmm. Right? Same type of thing with Ninja, except you don't get to touch any of the obstacles. Mm. It's, it's a huge difference. However, um, the preparation is exactly the same. Yeah. It's me versus this. Right? Yes. In gymnastics, it's the same thing. No one else decides my fate but myself. Yeah. Okay. And so I find that those two uh, sports parallel each other, parallel each other very well. Yeah. And um, you know, competing on an international stage on mm -hmm. podium against mm -hmm. other countries, mm. not many people get to do that. Mm. It's at the highest level. Mm. I'm doing tricks that are very dangerous. Mm. Like mm. I could seriously hurt myself. Probably yeah. more than on Ninja Warrior. Yeah. So I need to be focused. Absolutely. You know? And so learning how to do that, learning how to control that was uh, was what made me such a great gymnast. And yeah. so I, it was great that I could still utilize that in Ninja today. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So what, what, what would you say, well, let's just say for, for, for the shorter competitor, what are maybe the three skills or areas that they need to focus on to compete i won't say i'll, I'll compete at your level not yet i, just, I, still have to, I still have to prove myself so i'm not quite there so at your level what do you think is critical for the shorter man woman so, so? um i'll kind of at least break into two for sure that i can think of at the okay. top of my head yeah for a shorter competitor upper body yeah you have to be able to be explosive so uh, what I mean by that is like a dyno or mm -hmm. dynamic upper body movement. Mm -hmm. uh, being able to um, control that swing yeah. and explode through the end because reaches are far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it could be an average reach for someone. Yeah. It's a big reach for us. Yes. You know? Yes. And so you have to become really good at that. Mm. Like the best mm. you know when, whenever I see like cliffhanger moves and stuff like that yeah and like bigger competitors can't do it and you know like their fingers aren't the finger strength's not there yeah like I can I just throw myself up there yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally have to throw yeah they don't even have to throw yeah but I have to yeah and so getting that explosiveness through the through the upper body mm. the second would be focusing on foot precision and striding length Mm. You know, the stuff on the show isn't like six feet apart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But they probably vary between three and a half to four feet mm -hmm. to five-ish mm -hmm. feet. Mm -hmm. And so being able to, for balance and that type of stuff, to stride with consistency and accuracy mm. will really help with the balance. Because mm. typically the balance is a quick balance and mm. if you have momentum forward sometimes the obstacles are better for shorter competitors mm. because we don't weigh as much mm. so we don't move them as much true but if you don't have the right 
precision mm. or know where you want your foot and mm. you get up behind mm. as a shorter competitor you're toast yeah, yeah you know yeah, we yeah. can't recover as well so working on that parkour eye foot coordination and everything like that yeah working on starting with the wrong foot and crossing over all these things are skills that shorter competitors need to be great at mm. we have to be above average mm. because mm. An, a bigger competitor doesn't have to stride as far it's yeah. not as difficult for them yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah yeah i guess the final one is maybe if i think of warped wall mm. explosiveness mm. being able to generate speed and being good at warped walls yeah like we have to be better at warped walls than anybody else mm, our true. technique has to be on point mm. you know like the only reason i made a 17 foot warp wall was because i'm good at running up warp walls yes yes if i did not have that and i was working on just pure explosiveness i would never make it mm. I'd literally run up the whole thing and mm. then grab the top because mm. i can't jump mm. you know i can't reach super high yeah, yeah so yeah. i'm we're literally running up the warp wall that's so so warp wall technique or at least leg explosiveness you you would need one or both mm. for sure for your shorter competitor because mm. the warp walls in any qualifier any finals and stage one yeah yeah you know right yeah. that's that's right that was probably that was one of the best probably podcasts yeah. i've done cool i think uh <laughs> i think people will really find that very valuable i think there's a lot of practical stuff people can yeah. actually take yeah and implement immediately absolutely which is always the most important thing so right thank yeah. you very much hey, i appreciate no it problem. it's uh, awesome to do these live because we get to drink wine mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah thank you so much for for coming on and uh yeah, yeah so i guess many more many, yeah. many more glasses of wine later. <laughs> thank you thank you Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Way of the Ninja podcast. If you want to be kept in the loop, please subscribe so that we can teach you how to be a ninja in life and on the course.